Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Amplify Media Podcast. Is that my new jingle? <laughs> Did I just make it happen? Um, welcome. I am so excited for today's episode with Taryn Dickey. Oh my gosh, guys. I mentioned this in the solo episode, and if you haven't listened to that one that launched on Friday, go do it. I'm I'm just so grateful for everyone's feedback on that episode. And I want to once again give credit to Rachel Volkley Coolman for introducing me to the failure resume because she's a goddess and just incredible. But anywho, I mentioned in that episode that this week's episode changed my life. Like I really, (laughs) not a day has gone by where I haven't thought about this episode this interview. And it, um, I recorded this episode with Taryn a while ago and took a break from the show when I was in my busy season at work. And I thought about this interview, the way it impacted me. I've been thinking about it for months now. And I'm just so excited to be sharing this episode with you guys because it's, it was so, it was a very deep episode for me. It might not be that deep for others, but for a long time, um, I've just always thought there was something wrong with me and I have been kind of circling the drains and continue to do so on uh, the interwebs around ADHD. And it wasn't really until I was on TikTok and until I was just sleuthing on Instagram and TikTok around this community that I identified with so many of the characteristics around ADHD in women. And Taryn and I talk about her journey. So Taryn is a coach for that specializes. She's a she's a business coach and she specializes in women who have ADHD. Actually, I think just people who have ADHD. Um, But I, I know that her audience in particular, you know, sways more toward women. Um, And I was like sleuthing online and I found a post of hers. I don't even remember what post, but I remember having this light bulb go off like, huh, this really resonates with me. I'm going to reach out to her. I really like her content. I'm just going to reach out and see if she'll be on the show. And when I was listening to her during this interview talk about the sim- the the like symptoms or the the signs of ADHD in women um the way she talks about her avoidance of phone call like just all these little things that I now have done much more of a deep dive on I I felt so mind blown when I was just listening to her talking and it confirmed so many of my suspicions that I've had about myself. And I'm actually in the process of, I'm being fully transparent here of trying to determine whether I have ADHD. Um, and 
trying to speak to a professional about a possible diagnosis because so many of the things that I, you know, was circling the drain around (laughs) when I was looking online and then so many of the things that Taryn said in this interview have resonated so deeply with who I am Um, And it was this, it it has been this light bulb moment of, I think I have this. And I don't want to discredit anyone who, you know, is a professional in this field. I do want to give like the disclaimer, Taryn is not a medical professional um, and neither am I. And I would actually really love to have a medical professional on the show. And I'm planning on having a medical professional on the show. Um, that specializes in ADHD and women in particular. So if you know of anyone, please, I would love to, I have a few in mind, but I would love to be introduced to them. But I do want to, you know, offer that disclaimer that Taryn's not a medical professional. She is someone who is a coach and has coaching training. Um, But she is someone who has been diagnosed with ADHD. And I thought, having her experience and having her story um, on the show would be really helpful. And I swear to God, Brooklyn in the background with these goddamn bottles every single time I'm recording, I'm losing my mind. Anyway, I thought it would be really, really helpful to just have someone who has been diagnosed and who is working with this particular group of people on the show to talk about their experience. And it was one of those moments where I was like, okay, this is a curiosity of mine, but I think this will resonate with so many people. And then it was deeply resonating with me and like changed my life. So I have no idea who this episode will resonate with. I have no idea how people will react to this. Um, But I really hope that you can have a better understanding of people who have this diagnosis, of people who are neurodivergent, of the fact that life and our brains are not a one-size-fits-all, and that there are systems that we can put in place to support ourselves, and we don't have to do everything the way that we're seeing around us. And like everything does not have to be so um, neurotypical, I guess I should say. And for me in particular, I've been very hush hush about this. I've only talked about this with my husband. But for me in particular, I have found so much relief, so much guidance and so much help in understanding um, ADHD via online resources and via people who have it and who are sharing their experience as well as things that help and benefit them. So I want to continue this conversation. I want to have more people on who are um, in this field and who work or are diagnosed with ADHD and who can offer solutions for folks who are looking for options. I hope today presents something in that arena for you all. Um, I know it really did for me. So enjoy this episode with Taryn. And um, also, if you have any questions for the solo episode this week, I'll be recording it very soon. Um, But if you have any questions for the solo episode or future episodes, please feel free to use that voice message feature in the episode description. You can shoot me a voice message. You can shoot me your comments, questions, any sort of fun message you like, and maybe you'll be featured on the show. Um, All right, let's get into it and dive into this juicy episode with Taryn. 
And uh, yeah, here we go. Bye. Taryn, welcome. I am so, so excited to have you here. Thank you for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here as well. So I connected with you on Instagram. I was sleuthing and um, I came across one of your posts and um, you specialize in helping women, um, just human beings with ADHD. And I found your content so compelling that I really wanted to reach out to you and have a conversation with you about your work. Um, and so that's how I know we were connected with each other, the, the magic of social media. So I really appreciate you taking the time. And I wanted to talk to you about your work, but really your story and what led you to this work. So where are you from and, and how did you start this work? We can start with where you're from and kind of navigate from there. <laughs> um, I'm in Massachusetts, uh, southeastern Massachusetts. I was born and raised here and I have not <laughs> left. Um, I live about 20, 12 minutes from home. So, oh, wow. That's great. So when did you start to get into this work that you're doing now and what is it that you are doing? So I, um, went to college. I majored in psychology and after graduating, I don't know if you know this, but a psych degree doesn't do too much on its own. So I knew I had to pursue something beyond that. Um, and I got my master's in school counseling. So I actually was a school counselor for about five years. And then I had my first daughter and I was home with her and I wanted to find a way to be home and stay with her because I just loved her. And uh, an opportunity presented itself to do some work online. And so for about six-ish years, I actually have been, or well, it's eight-ish now, but <laughs> this is leading up to where, where I, I am at the time, at this time. Um, so I was in direct sales for a health and fitness company. Mm -hmm. Um, and what I found that I loved about it was the connection. You know, you talk about how we found each other is that social media connection. And I am connected to so many people that I never would have been connected to because of social media. And, you know, yeah. people can talk about social media and how negative it can be at times. And that is true. And also it's beautiful because, I wouldn't have you in my life now, you know? And, and so what I was finding is the people I was connecting with and the people I started working with in the direct sales space, but also just in general, um, were coming to me for more life coaching situations and scenarios. And I found myself mentoring and guiding and using my skills from my master's degree and using my skills as, you know, a school counselor in helping people set and attain goals. And within the last year or so, um, I started to notice a common thread. <laughs> <laughs> and that common thread was the humans that were coming to me were very similar to me. I was diagnosed as an adult with ADHD when I was 35 years old. Uh, and when I got that diagnosis, it was like, oh, yes, of course, that makes sense. And <laughs> all of these things started to unfold for me um, that, you know, there, there was a lot of relief with the diagnosis, but there was a lot of grief. There was a grieving process and there's a lot of emotions that come with that and navigating entrepreneurship, navigating the online space and how to show up as a neurodiverse human 
is, is challenging okay. and it's different. And so what I was finding is that the people who were, were in my sphere coming to me, working with me, once I started uh, taking on clients in a one-on-one -on -one capacity, they all had either diagnosed or undiagnosed ADHD. And so I kind of allowed that, I kind of allowed the people to determine who it was I was helping. And so now I have a client, we joke that I help high achieving women entrepreneurs who, had, who were diagnosed with ADHD later on in life or who think they might have it. Like it's very specific, yeah. right? Um, and I do a lot of life coaching. I do a lot of business coaching, um, but it's, yeah, it's just meeting those people where they're at because it's, um, it's just not something that I, at least I think it's being seen more where people mm -hmm. are recognizing that neurodiverse entrepreneurs, especially um, operate differently. And, and so I'm just happy to be in this space. Yeah, absolutely. So I resonated so much with, with your, um, your posting your work, and I really want to go back to your diagnosis mm -hmm. and how you even had an inkling of this diagnosis or, you know, where, when did that happen? So what was the process like for you to be diagnosed with ADHD? Oh, that's a great question. So I, I think had an idea that I might have ADHD when I was going through school and when I was working with some students and I thought, huh, that's interesting. I feel like I experienced a similar experience or I feel like, yes, I kind of resonate with like my high schooler who um, has a hard time with task initiation, has a hard time sustaining attention. Um, you know, the comments from the teachers are, um, isn't working up to their potential. You know, they're lazy, um, those kinds of things. And I could see myself in them. So it was kind of in the back of my mind, but I also overcompensated or, or compensated, I guess, for so long. And I was able to, I mean, the idea of getting your master's when you have ADHD, most people would be like, how could you even do that? But it's very common, especially for women, mm -hmm. to be high achieving. And some of the things that we experience are very different from maybe uh, men, but also just, you know, who were kids that were diagnosed when they were younger. And so I just, I kind of had an inkling, but it was never a huge problem. And it only became a problem <laughs> when I became a mom who was also trying to build and grow a business online at home. Um, and it just exacerbated all of the symptoms that I was able to kind of manage when there wasn't other humans that were, that I was responsible for, um, when there wasn't this business that I was growing and that was thriving and I felt a lot of responsibility for. Um, and so it just came to, to a, you know, a head or whatever is the, yeah. the saying where I was like, I can't keep doing this. Like I was dropping balls, like forgetting all the things, um, very irritable, very much, um, you know, snapping at my kiddos when that's not the kind of mom I envisioned for, you know, that I would be. And I, I actually don't know if like what the like precipitous was or whatever, am I saying that word correctly? But um, I remember talking to my primary care doctor and I was like, here's what's going on for me. And I listed everything. And he said, I'm going to refer you to a psychiatric nurse practitioner for a potential ADHD 
diagnosis. And so that's what I did. I went and saw um, a psychiatric nurse practitioner. I met with her several times. We did a lot of um, interview style questions and, and that whole thing. And by the end, she was like, mm -hmm, yep, <laughs> exactly what this is. And, uh, and I was prescribed Concerta. Um, which is an extended release medication because I did want it to kind of take me through the whole day because I not only needed it for my business when the kids were at school, but I also needed it for when they came home because I needed to take care of them and I needed right. to do all this. Um, and so that was, that's kind of my, my diagnosis story. No, this is so helpful. And I think it's really helpful to hear how somebody went through that process. You have mentioned uh, several times now that, you know, you you had a lot of the symptoms for ADHD that, mm. you know, were exacerbated in certain uh, scenarios and that it presents differently in women. Can you describe some of those symptoms that present differently in women in particular? Because that's something that I've really gravitated toward because we often have this misconception of what ADHD is, but we've been fed very much the presentation in men or young, young um, children versus women. Absolutely. So for a long while, ADHD um, was known as just ADD. And it, the picture that you speak of that we had in our mind was of this hyperactive child who was bouncing around all of the room, can't sit still, um, was disruptive, not intentionally, but very disruptive because of their movement, because of their energy, because of their excitement. Um, and then we started to learn more about it. And there's this um, inattentive type that presents itself very differently. And so it becomes, oh, they're off daydreaming, you know, looking out the window, getting distracted by the birds, but it's not disruptive. So it kind of flies under the radar. Um, you know, it's the, you're assigned a big project in school and it's not broken down for you. So you struggle to get started or you often will wait till the last minute because it's like, there's either right now or no time at all. Like we don't need to think about it because it's not due right now. So I'm not dealing with it. And so we'll put things off until the last minute. Now, I don't know about others, but I actually work very well under pressure <laughs> and my best work does happen within the 24 hours that something's due. But I also felt bad about doing that. And for a very long time, the idea of procrastination about not being able to get started on, on anything, uh, you know, that task initiation, which is just, like I said, the, the ability to get started, like that had such a negative, negative response for me, you know, like, oh, I'm bad because I put things off. I'm bad because I procrastinate. And of course now I am like, no, that's my best work. So I'm just, that's just what I'm going to do. And I'm okay with it. But when you have the, these messages from outside that are like telling you how bad it is to to wait or to like put things off, you know, we get, we get, we get down on ourselves. And so it's, it's things like that task initiation with just getting started on something. And that is very, very hard for a lot of folks. It's probably the number one thing for women, especially who are adults with ADHD. It's, it's just getting started. It's like getting started on the dishes, the, you know, um, and, and I don't mean women should be doing dishes. I'm just saying like those tasks around the Anything, house. Anything. Yeah. 
um, making like a, a phone call to a doctor's office to set up an appointment. Um, it's just the act of doing the thing that you know you want to do, that you need to do, but it's really hard. Um, and then it's things like sustaining attention or it's managing your time, um, which is also very hard. And, and so it just, it's so vastly different from what the picture we have in our mind of like the kiddo just bouncing around, like, <laughs> you know, um, and for a lot of us, we can, we can manage it to a point. But like I said, for me, and I think for a lot of folks is when you get into the adult world and not just have your own career, when you add another layer of responsibility of managing other humans in any way, shape or form, it, it gets to a place where, okay, I, I actually can't, it's, it's not that I can't even get started or I put things off. It's like, I literally can't do anything. Mm -hmm. um, and it becomes very frustrating and we feel like failures. Um, and there's a lot of um, really, you know, hard things that we place on ourselves as a result. Yeah. Thank you for describing all of this. And I, I'm really interested in, I'm sure this is resonating with a lot of people as they're listening to this, but I'm really interested in, okay, so you had your diagnosis, um, you're working in your career. And, and so obviously you were mentioning that it felt like the floodgates open and you're like, oh my gosh, this makes sense. But you also mm -hmm. had that grieving process. So what started to change in your life when you had your diagnosis and you were on medication for that diagnosis, how did things change after mm. this stage in your life? The biggest thing was I finally gave myself a lot of grace. Mm. And I think for so long, like, you know, to kind of bring that back, I was like, there's something wrong with me or I must not want things bad enough, or I'm just lacking motivation. You know, all of these stories, these narratives that are on repeat in our head, whether we got, you said, we said them to ourselves or we got them from very important, very well-intentioned humans in our lives. You know, it was on repeat for so long that I was finally able to break away from that. And, and I think that was the biggest thing was, uh, it was just a huge release of these ideas that were placed on me that simply aren't true. I'm not lazy. I'm not lazy. And, and I think that's a big one, um, is that grace. And then in terms of being on medication, um, I've heard this described before and I feel the same, but it's, um, things get quieter. Mm -hmm. Um, and because, we are so creative. ADHD humans are so creative. We have so many ideas and our brains are often just working all the time because we are that we, our brains are just wired that way. And while I still am very creative while taking the medication, it's just, it kind of just slows it down a bit. And the other thing is I can remember what I was doing. So I don't know if you can relate to this, but walking into a room, woman, well, what was I coming in here for? Well, okay. And then you go back to where you were and then you walk in. And by the time you get back, you've already forgotten. So when I've taken my medication, I can remember why I showed up in the room. Um, and so it's just like those little things that do make a difference and that build and build 
to a place where you can feel confident in, okay, I got this. I got this now. And there's a reason for it. Yeah. That's, that's so great. And so interesting to hear about your journey and your evolution. I'm curious, um, about in this particular piece about your relationships with others too, and how this stage impacted your relationships with your children and, and like other people, because I know that you mentioned you weren't parenting in the way that you wanted to. Um, so how did that impact, you know, obviously you spoke about the relationship with yourself, but how did that impact the relationships with others too? Oh, that's a great question too. Um, yeah, I think it, um, it let down a lot of walls, I think that were up for me. Um, and I I know not everybody is as comfortable with like disclosing, um, that they have, you know, that they have ADHD. Um, I know others are like, yeah, of course it's me. (laughs) Um, and that's how I am. Mm -hmm. And I do like to share that. And I do like to mention it. Um, because simple things like I, I have a friend who loves to talk on the phone. I am not a phone talker. I actually prefer texting. And the reason for that is because I need processing time. I need to know what's being said. I need to know what's being um, asked of me. And, um, you know, I want to be able to formulate a, you know, a thoughtful response. Um, And so I I do often prefer texting or emailing. Um, And so my friends know that about me. So they'll text me. My family knows that about me. So they'll text me. Um, And, you know, in terms of my, my kiddos, like I explained to them, you know, if you don't say my name, if you don't say mommy, I am not paying attention to you. You have to get my attention and you have to make sure you've said mommy. Because if you, if, even if I'm looking at you and I'm not in my head and you haven't said my name and my husband knows this too, if you don't say Taryn, <laughs> like I'm not listening, I'm not there. Um, and so making sure that they, they know what I need has been helpful and also um, not using, um, you know, the ADHD as any kind of excuse, but communicating honestly about how it impacts the relationship or how I need to be addressed so that we don't run into, well, I told you that, or I mentioned that, or we already talked about this or whatever, you know, it's helped remove some of that confusion that might've been happening with, with those relationships before I realized, uh, okay, this is what this is. <laughs> this is so interesting to me. And I I'm curious at what stage in your career did you get diagnosed? Because I know that this then changed a lot of your work. So where were you in, in your career before you, you had this diagnosis? Right. So let's see, I w- it was 2017 when I had the diagnosis. So I had started my business in 2013. Um, so I was a good, you know, several years in mm-hmm. before I realized, okay, something's, <laughs> there's something happening here. I don't know what it is. I knew, but I know, I don't know what it is, but we got <laughs> to get to the bottom of this. So, um, and, and again, it was like, I had been able to have success in my business just as I was able to go to school and do well enough to get a degree. Um, But it was hard. It was hard because all of the messages that we get as business owners in particular, you know, from the courses that we buy, the programs that we join and everything is not built or not often built with neurodiversity in mind. 
And so, you know, I'm saying, okay, I've got to be consistent. I got to do the same thing every single day. And I don't want to do that. That is not how I operate. That's not my brain. My brain likes novelty. My brain likes new things and, and to, you know, feel into a routine that might work and feel good, but not be so strict in like an all or nothing kind of experience. And, um, you know, the message is, uh, you, if you don't want it badly enough, then you're not going to do the work or, um, or, or if you're not doing the work, you mustn't want it bad enough, you know, mm -hmm. like, um, like just do the thing, just, you know, knock it out, hustle 24 seven, right. stay up until 3am and get yeah, it done. And yeah. yeah. And like, while we are proud, a lot of us are night owls and we do like, we have passion projects and we get very hyper-focused on things, not related to our business often, but so, you know, like learning about, I don't know, random stuff, all of the Marvel characters and where their, their origin stories come from, right. Until 3am. Um, but, but yeah, it's just all those kinds of messages that might work for folks who aren't neurodiverse, but with us, it doesn't. And so what ends up happening is we lose a lot of amazing creative humans and their ideas and their programs or their products or just their art. We lose a lot of humans because they think I'm not cut out for this. I must not be cut out for this. And, and that hurts me, yeah, like, yeah. as I'm sure it does a lot of people like that's so sad to me, because they think, well, if I can't do it this way, then it, it must not be for me. Um, so yeah, I don't know if I answered your question. There, you did. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think that, you know, a lot of what we see is determined by the patriarchy. Absolutely. Um, white supremacy culture, you know, everything yeah. that we're seeing pop up is shaped by systems that aren't benefiting us. Right. And, you know, I think about the privilege that we have to go see a doctor that maybe oh. others don't and mm -hmm. are being called lazy or being called, you know, inattentive or not paying attention and mm -hmm. having those things around them. Yeah. So I think having people like you speak up to your symptoms and your process and how things change and also your experience of doing hard things mm -hmm. before you had a diagnosis is really, really powerful because we need more people to be sharing that experience. When did you decide to transition your business? I mean, I know that you were having these women come to you and you had a lot of people um, who either were diagnosed with ADHD or undiagnosed. So when did you decide to make that like clear change in your messaging mm -hmm. to this um, audience? Yeah. Yeah. So I have, you know, just like everyone else, I've worked with a lot of amazing coaches and people, you know, in the entrepreneur world. And I had a VIP day with one of these amazing humans, Meg Yelaney. She and I sat down and we did a Zoom for like five hours and we just went through my business and, and she, we kind of she pulled it out of me, but it was like, oh, oh, okay, ADHD. <laughs> and it was like, I had made a decision because everything was just pointing to that, you know, whether it's, you know, whatever you believe, universe, God, whomever was kind of keep moving me like kind of closer. It wasn't like, this is what you have to do, but it was like, no, oh, no, did you notice this? And what did you notice that? Did you notice this? And so when I worked with her, it was like, I'm going all in. 
this makes so much sense. It's, I love it. I love these humans. We understand each other. I, I know what they're experiencing because I'm experiencing it too. And it was like, walk with me. Let's do this together. It just felt so right. So this was actually this past October um, that I worked with her. And so since then, I mean, even the, the connections I'm making, even with other um, ADHD coaches, which is something I love. Like I, I can't work with everybody one-on-one. I don't have the capacity for that. Mm-hmm. There are all of these other amazing people doing great work and helping other humans. And maybe they work with a particular or, or a different kind of person, or maybe they work with the exact same person. I just don't have the space for it. I want to make those relationships. And I want to cultivate that so that I can refer out and I can have, you know, I can't do it, but I have this person who I think would be beautiful for you. Um, And so it's just opened up this world and, and I, I love it. I love us. I love this, these neurodiverse humans. I love the ADHD human because I think our brains are really freaking cool. And and yeah, so that's when I, I made the decision was in October. And um, yeah. yeah, very cool. Well, I have a follow-up question, but before that, um, you mentioned neurodiversity a lot. So mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you what exactly is neurodiversity for those who may not be aware? Sure. I guess like just in simple terms, um, we have this idea of how brains are supposed to work. <laughs> Um, And you can exactly what you said before, you know, the patriarchy, white supremacy, all of it has been placed on us like you're supposed to, um, you know, communicate in a certain way, you're supposed to show up at a certain time, you're supposed to respond to people in a certain manner. And with neurodiversity, it's just this idea that not everybody does that not everybody's brain works exactly the same and to think that it does is kind of wild when we think about how different personalities are and how different we all look and how different you know we can say things like it's just it's wild that we think that all brains should operate in a particular way and there's also this other school of thought I guess is how I would describe it where it's not necessarily a disorder. It's just different, right? Yes, absolutely. Different. And so when I think, when I say neurodiversity, it's just our brain, all brains are different and all brains are cool. And one shouldn't have more, you know, we shouldn't, I guess, love one more, love a brain more than another or praise that function more right. than another right. and praise that, praise, that style. Praise. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's um, that's what I find frustrating is yeah. not everyone learns the same. And, and right. when you're frustrated by the way someone is learning because they right. learn differently than you, mm-hmm. it just doesn't really make sense to me. And I think right. by identifying all of the different ways people engage in the world and learn, that's when we can create more acceptance and more programs and structures that support everyone, just like we want to do on so many different levels. So thank you for, for defining that and for talking about that. 
when you started to open the door to this specific work, I know you said it was just so wonderful and you just love um, the brains that you're working with and the, the people that you're working with. So what, what happened? What shifted when you opened those doors uh, when, when you took the step? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think uh, people talk about this word alignment in, in a very like maybe spiritual sense or um, in a way that uh, I think might turn people away. Like, oh, I don't want to talk about what's alignment. What does that even mean? But <laughs> it felt so aligned with my spirit. Um, and so what ended up happening for me was because I went, you know, like I leaned into what was being presented to me, making content became easy. And I know people are like, oh, rude. She just said that. Right. But like, it became <laughs> easy. it's annoying. I know it's annoying, but, um, it became easy because it was so clear. It became so clear who I was helping, how I was helping them, but also my personal experience. It wasn't, I wasn't faking it. It's not, a, and not that other people do that. It's just, it felt so fully in alignment where, where I was at the moment. Um, so it's just, you know, making reels, which I before was like, Oh, reels. I can't believe I have to do those. Um, <laughs> now I'm like unstoppable. It's, you know, it's too much, maybe who cares. Um, but, but you know, the people, the messages that I'm getting from, from people, um, you know, even, even you, you know, like, thank you for talking about this. Like, this is something that needs to be talked about or, you know, oh my gosh, I I'm reading through all of your stuff and I'm actually seeing myself in this and not realizing this might be what it is. And it's, you know, I don't use my, my social or, you know, reels or anything like that to diagnose anybody. That's not my goal. And in fact, I, if people want a diagnosis, please, like if there's a means to do that, awesome. But if not, like you can still address whatever symptom, and I'm doing that in quotes, symptom that's coming up for you that you resonate with. And if you want to address it, or if it's just wanting to give yourself permission to be like, oh, okay, that's a thing. And that's just how my brain works. No big deal. Here's some grace now around that. You know, I, I want, I, I love those messages that come through because it really is like people are feeling seen and it's not a me thing. It's like, there's a lot of us you know, they, I, there's like an estimated five plus percent of human population whose brains do this whole thing, this thing specific to ADHD, not neurodiversity in general, just specific to ADHD. And so it's, you know, there's a lot of us and I think people are seeing this and saying, oh my gosh, how does she know? And it's like, I know because I'm living it and I'm here to share that because I actually, I love it. And yeah. Um, to just kind of follow up to that last piece there, I was talking to my husband recently and I also have anxiety and depression, just like, let's keep layering some things on here. Hey, um, welcome to the um, party. Good times. Yes, good times. Um, and I, but I said to him, you know, if I could take anything away from me as like who I am, I would take away my depression and I would take away my anxiety, but I would totally keep my ADHD. And I think that speaks to my relationship with my ADHD. And I want others to have that relationship with their ADHD. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that you have touched on two incredible things. One, using your voice and sharing your story. That is what I am all about with this show and my company, using your voice, sharing your story, because your voice matters and your story matters. I end every episode of this show saying that because for the exact reason you're saying what you put out there will resonate with people. You don't have to put it out there. You don't have to share things, but you may be that observer watching somebody else share something. And that can really deeply resonate with you. The second thing you mentioned, and I know that you say this on your, in your work, because I, I have checked out all of your stuff is really having ADHD as your superpower. And you mentioned, I would get rid of the anxiety. I would get rid of the depression. I'd keep the ADHD. And you reframe so much of what we're told is less than into being a superpower, into being powerful, helping people embrace that power within them. When we're often told that it's not a power, that it's not powerful. I wholeheartedly agree with your take of it is a superpower when, when you are, you know, putting things out there, cause I know you have a quiz, um, yeah. what's your ADHD superpower. And I love it. When you started putting things out there, um, and you, you know, you're embracing this superpower, encouraging others to do the same. What's your clients look like now? And what are you hearing from your clients? Mm-hmm. Well, I think exactly what you just said was, you know, they not only feel seen and they aren't just resonating with it, but it's that reframe. It's that reframe that I think they're drawn to. And, um, a word about how I see ADHD as my superpower. I know not everybody's going to see it that way. And I know my experience is different from other humans. And at times ADHD can be very debilitating. Um, so I don't want to, um, scoot over that or like minimize that in any way. And my messaging is for the person who wants to embrace it that way, who desires to form this partnership with their ADHD, who wants to examine the really cool things about our brains and how they, they work and they operate. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's the client's that that's who comes in is, is the person who wants to see it just a little bit differently because how they've been seeing it isn't working for them. Right. Like I think you're offering people a lot of hope for those moments when you are in bed for hours and you're scrolling and Mm -hmm. those moments when you want to go send that email, but instead you're working on a puzzle. Like, I think that, (laughs) you know, those are moments where immense guilt and self deprecation can come in. Like you were saying at the top of this show. And I feel like you giving people that reframe, I totally agree. Not everyone's going to see it this way and they're going to have their own journey with their own um, health. Mm -hmm. But I do think the way that you frame things gives people hope and in that they can embrace this aspect of their lives and know that they're not alone and they're not alone in this messaging either, um, that they're telling themselves in those dark moments. So, yeah. So when I, I know that when you and I first spoke, you mentioned that social media was such a big way that people that you're resonating with people and that your story is resonating with people. So, um, how is that 
you know, worked for you and, and is it overwhelming for you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy you asked this. Um, so I like to hang in the space where I kind of fly under the radar. Um, and that's work I need to do on feeling and being seen. Um, it's, you know, social media is interesting. People have a lot of thoughts. They have a lot of opinions. And anytime you're talking about really anything, but definitely, you know, these are, can be sensitive topics. Um, There will be people who think differently and they'll let you know. And sometimes that is a little overwhelming. It's a little challenging. Um, I do have a virtual assistant who also has ADHD and she is absolutely amazing. And so um, there have been times where, you know, like a reel has kind of gone a little out of control and I have her take care of some of the comments mm, um, so that I don't have to. Um, but in general, I will say that the vast majority of folks who have happened upon me um, have been just amazing. Absolutely amazing. And um, just beautiful humans who I love hearing their stories. I love hearing their journeys. Um, They're so curious, so curious um, about ADHD, about um, what it looks like in adults, especially in women entrepreneurs. They're very curious and they have a lot of questions. And so I do my best to share what I know, my experience, you know, what I know you know, from my training and background and expertise, but just my lived experience. Um, and yeah, they're just beautiful people that have, have kind of come into my world. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know that there's the spectrum of, of social media interactions that can happen <laughs> with everyone. And I think it's really awesome that you have this, um, this like system in place. Yeah. Um, well, I, I always ask people on this show, you know, about their allies and their allies who identify as women. And I'm really curious, you know, who in your life has been an ally to you, um, throughout this journey of your diagnosis and then your business changes and, and just throughout all of this, I mean, I'm sure you have so many, but do you have (laughs) anyone popping into your, your brain right now? Yeah, I have some amazing amazing people. Um, I have this group of, of close friends and there's, there's four of us and we all, um, like cheer one another on and support one another. We're all in different kinds of businesses and we just happen to come across one another because we were all in the sober slash alcohol free space. Um, we're just not drinkers. And so we found each other that way. But as it turns out, we have so many things in common, even down to like, we're all the same age. How does that happen? And we only found each other on social media. So it's like that I have that kind of support. Um, And then, like I said, a lot of like incredible coaches and mentors. I mentioned Meg, um, also VP Wright is an amazing human. Um, Oh my gosh, if you... their handle is at the VP, right? W-R-I-G-H-T. Um, just an incredible person who helped me immensely as I was starting this life in business coaching. I wanted to make sure that I was taking into account diversity, equity, inclusion, and, and they were there to had an incredible program, the inclusive entrepreneur. And so I, I just need to give VP a shout out. Um, but yeah, just incredible, awesome mentors who have, yeah, just supported me. And I love that you framed it that way because 
I think because of the powers that be, because of you know the systems, we have been conditioned to compete and to um, yeah, just just compete with other women. And so I think there the tides are turning, at least in my world and, in, and at least in the in the spaces that I've been in, where it's just like this uplifting experience mm-hmm. of other women. Uh, especially women in business where we're like, no, we're all going to win here. We are all going to win here. We're going to make sure that we all do. Um, Yes. 100%. And you, you mentioned at the top of the show that, well, I think in the middle of the show (laughs) that you, there are a bunch of coaches that you might refer people to. So I think you're speaking exactly to that. Um, you know, there's, there's room for everyone, especially in, the work that you do too, it's so needed. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate you giving these name drops and these, you know, these resources to people. Are there any resources that have been really helpful for you? Um, in particular with your, your Mm -hmm. diagnosis and then working with people who have the same diagnosis? Yeah. So, um, one organization that's like really just popping into my brain is Chad and I'm not going to come up with the acronym, but it's C-H-A-D-D, I believe, .org. Um, and it's it's ADHD based. And there is huh, <laughs> like resources galore. Um, uh, just such an amazing organization um, in terms of the amount of, of information and resources that are there. Um, and, and, you know, just a quick word about being diagnosed. I know you, you even mentioned like the privilege it is to have a doctor or be able to go and see somebody for the diagnosis. You know, there are folks who do not have access to healthcare, do not have access to a human that could even diagnose them. I mean, there's all of these reasons why somebody might not be able to get diagnosed. And I know people have thoughts about self-diagnosis and however your thoughts are, that's totally fine. But don't let that be the barrier to explore. So in this free chad.org resource, there's stuff there that can serve and help, you know, folks that maybe just not have access. Um, That's the one that's coming, that's popping up. Um, I I can't say enough about it in terms of like what's available on there for free. Um, Yeah, there's just a lot there. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. And thank you for making that point too, because I think it's really important um, because we do live in this age where we can have access to so much information that if you're having that inkling like you did for so many years, and if you're curious, I think it's really important to look up this information, especially because it's not discussed as widely with women. You know, these symptoms are not, um, I mean, I think it's changing a lot more and there are a lot more resources out there, but I think the symptoms that you mentioned, you know, the, the signs that you mentioned, I should say, uh, are really important to talk about and really important to start conversations around. And I'm curious what you're looking forward to in the future and future conversations that you're excited to have, um, through your company. What, what can you see down the line for, for yourself and for your business? Hmm. That's a wonderful question. Um, it's so for me, because I was so deep into this hustle culture for very long, it, there was a lot of, um, unpacking and 
um, what's the other word? It's an un, unlearning <laughs> um, when it comes to how I wanted to grow and build a business. And I'm in a season at the moment of rest and reflection and slowing down, which has been hard. Like it mm -hmm. is actually has been hard, but I have been feeling like it's something that's important for me at the moment. Um, but this year in particular, my goal is to coach as many humans as possible, um, whether it's just through quick conversations or actual, you know, one-on-one -on -one work that I've been hired for. Um, and it's exactly what I mentioned is finding the other humans that are doing great work in this space to be able to refer, but, you know, maybe there's something bigger there with a collection of, of people who are doing this. And I don't know what that looks like. I don't know. I have no idea, but maybe there's something there um, because I do think, you know, we have seen in the, in the pandemic, we have seen an increase in diagnosis um, because what was happening for, for people is we didn't have structure. <laughs> you know, a lot of people came home or working from home and there wasn't the routine or they were witnessing their children trying to do online learning. And they're like, wow, they're up out of their chair. They're often to, oh my goodness. You know, and we, we, were we were smacked in the face with, oh, undiagnosed ADHD for, for a good number of people. And so I think, like you said, there's a need for it. And, and I think it's going to, it's here to stay, right? <laughs> yeah. It's here to stay and, you know, developing programs um, to help people, especially in business and marketing and entrepreneurship with and through that lens, I think is going to be really important in many, many years to come. I agree with you. How can people work with you if they're interested in reaching out to you and like, what does your work look like? Mm -hmm. um, so right now I'm working with folks two ways. Primarily, um, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, right now I have three-month packages. Um, so people would sign on for that, but that's after we've had a conversation. We make sure we're a good match. And if I'm not, I'm going to refer you like this isn't, I, I'm not attached. And I know people say that, right? Like, oh, I'm not attached, but I'm, I'm not like, I want what's best for you. And if I'm not it, I'm not going to try and convince you to to just pay me like that's not how I operate um and I hope other people don't operate in that way too uh so I do have that and then I also have an ADHD entrepreneurs group on Facebook so for people women especially who are or not just women um but you know historically marginalized um identities I have that space there um for us to discuss, to talk about what works, what doesn't work. We share memes because we love memes. Um, you know, it's a fun <laughs> place to be. It's small right now and we're just, just starting. I think there's only about 24 of us at the moment, um, but it's a really comfortable space. Um, and so those are the, the two ways. I'm on Instagram. <laughs> um, Taryn Dickey is my handle. And then you mentioned the quiz. I do have a quiz. So what's your ADHD superpower? It's a lot of fun. It's a personality quiz, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but I do get a lot of feedback and people are like, wow, you're in my brain. Um, and so if people are <laughs> interested in checking that out, um, they can go to superpoweradhd.com and they can take the quiz. They'll get their results. And there's a little gift, a free download for um, people who struggle with task initiation. So to bring that back, <laughs> um, you know, that's one of our our biggest struggles. And so I give you a little plan on how to actually get started on getting started. I love that. And I love like the 
the task initiation piece and more resources, because I feel like when other people step in, there can be a layer of defensiveness Mm. that comes off right away with that. Um, So I appreciate all of the resources that you've mentioned. And I would say if you're listening to this episode and so much of this is resonating with you, uh, you know, definitely look into Taryn's work and um, look into the resources she mentioned too. Taryn, I cannot thank you enough for coming on and having this conversation with me today. It has been so phenomenal and I've learned so much from you and I'm just beyond grateful for your work in the world. So I'm really grateful that we got to connect and have this conversation. Oh, me too. Thank you so much for having me. And if you're listening to this show, never forget that your voice matters and your story matters. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Amplify Her podcast. The Amplify Her podcast is a part of the Amplify Her Media Network. You can check out more shows on the Amplify Her Media Network over on Instagram at Amplify Her Media.